Hello, this is the Planning Podcast. I'm Billy King. And I'm Kichi Ratabiani. Uh, we are planners currently working at a development firm in and around Birmingham. Uh, uh, in today's episode of our Drives of Change series, uh, we're going to be discussing some of the pros and cons of urban green spaces, such as vertical forests uh, and rooftop gardens, uh, and just a, a general overview of how they can benefit the local area and further afield. We're going to be using uh, examples such as the Bosco Vertical in Milan and one a bit closer to home, which is the Birmingham City Library as case studies and points of reference to display some of the the drawbacks and the positives. Uh, We're going to finish the discussion with how we feel uh, vertical forests and rooftop gardens uh, can be drivers of change in today's world. So, Katie, what you could just describe, sort of explain what a rooftop garden is to start it off? Okay. Well, a rooftop garden can be seen as uh, planting different that have been like around for billions of years, basically since. 600 BC and people have been planting vegetables or stuff from their roofs as just extra real estate and it's deemed to be safer. Um, The term rooftop gardens and green roofs can have been used interchangeably but there are other points of difference such as which have been like um, pointed out by uh, architect in Chicago and uh, in urban areas these rooftop gardens have been seen to reduce flooding and by in- increasing the drainage on rooftops. Yeah, well they're not all too common are they? They're sort of quite scarcely populated uh, in England anyway. I think they're, they're a bit more popular for abroad in nicer climates than ours. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, vertical forests have a similar similar core idea to them. Uh, in April of 2017, uh, Stefano Bori uh, is an architect uh, based in Italy, and he revealed his radical ideas that he was going to build forest cities, uh, which was aimed at combating urban pollution. Uh, the vertical forest was one of the original ideas. Uh, it was a concept uh, that was based out of urban Milan to create a green belt around the city to prevent sort of urban sprawl in the area. A similar concept was for a city in uh, in China called Shijazhung. Uh, which could serve as a prototype for other new green urban developments in the area. Because the city, especially in China as well, as you know, is full of high-rise towers and sort of accommodation blocks, all really condensed housing. Uh, and through the trees and vegetation, which is a big factor of the vertical gardens, which is sort of attached and built in onto the side of the buildings, sort of crawling up them. Uh, filters out the dust particles and absorbs carbon dioxide and helps to depollute the surrounding environment which obviously in China where 
the air quality is not fantastic is a real benefit to the local area. So yeah, have you, can you think of any other um, pros or cons of having these green spaces in urban areas? Yeah, well, especially in places like China, like I said, in Milan, very industrious cities that do commonly have poor, poor air quality. Uh, the improved air quality is a massive plus, uh, as well as in not only having physical benefits, but the social aspect of it as well. Because obviously in these accommodation blocks and sort of really condensed housing, there's not a lot of social space usually, which the vertical gardens, uh, the vertical forest, sorry, and rooftop gardens as well create a real social space, whether it be on top or uh, sort of a balcony sort of sort of thing. Uh, it creates a place where people can go, sort of plant their own uh, plants and all that sort of thing. Um, what about yourself? What do you think some of the, the core the core pros or some of the drawbacks to, to either of them are? Well, there are a few um, economic pros such as improving the thermal performance of a building, as well as the longevity and lifespan of the roof and the building. However, like, as we said in the, as using the Birmingham Library as an example, um, maintenance costs went really high up, especially when they were trying to work around public visitors and trying to make sure that they're cordoned off certain areas in order to maintain like the plumbing and electrics and also all of that installation can also add to the cost of having that in place. Yeah, I suppose drawing into the economic point there as well, just by having the, the rooftop garden there can draw in people that wouldn't commonly commonly visit the area. So just having that there will probably drive tourism and uh, just to sort of see the rooftop gardens similar to the, the vertical forests as well in Milan. Um, yeah, and the increased longevity and lifespan of the building is is not something that you usually link into the aesthetics of a building, which both of these concepts and ideas can, can usually be drawn down to by just being an aesthetic. Not many people really look at the the economic benefit and the, the structural stability of a building as well that it can be improved. Yeah. Uh, but coming in with that, with, uh, staying on that point, it's also really costly to uh, to to implement and uphold these ideas as well, isn't it? Because mm. it's just uh, just to build them in the first place, but the maintenance costs can be extremely high, which can put off quite a lot of potential people that would adopt this idea. Yeah, definitely. But I guess this, it kind of gets outweighed by the social and mental health be like um, benefits of having a green space right near you. As we've seen like in this pandemic, it's been like kind of a blessing to have more green spaces, something to look at while you're stuck inside your house or somewhere to go. So as we like the cities start getting more and more congested, a little bit of greenery can be refreshing to the eyes and 
definitely uplift spirits at this point in time. Yeah, well, not only that, it also, in quite a lot of cases, I don't think in, in the Birmingham one, but further afield uh, in China and Milan, etc., it can also support the local wildlife, having these green gardens where they actually have living species in them as well, which obviously, like you said, great boost for your mental health. Uh, it's great for the residents there. And obviously increasing the um, biodiversity in the area. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, but coinciding with, with that and the supporting of the local wildlife, the, the rooftop gardens can carry a risk of, cannot, uh, helps in some, in some circumstances but can also carry a level of risk to the structural soundness of the building uh, due to the increased weight load. Obviously, it's quite heavy to have all those plants and, and everything on top there. Um, it can cause drainage issues, which obviously aren't the be-all and end-all and not the most dangerous thing in the world, but it's just something to consider for potential developers or for anyone that's looking into it. Um, how do you think the um, rooftop gardens and vertical um, forests will be help to be a driver of change? Well, I think not only through the uh, through economic benefits, but I think something that could be overlooked sometimes is, is the social aspect and the social driver of change, which uh, is a bit of an interplay between the economic and the social side of things. But I think having that social social aspects for residents or uh, just people that wanted to visit as well can be a big driver of change uh, in the local area and a bit further afield as well. What about yourself? What do you think uh, economically, socially, environmentally as, as a driver of change for either of them? I think um, environmentally it can be quite beneficial, especially as we've seen that um, a large focus on reducing carbon emissions in large cities uh, with the introduction of clean air zones and more bikes and encouragement of that. Uh, having these plants around that will suck up that CO2 would be very beneficial to improving the air quality, which has been a, a big issue that has been in the UK and uh, wanting to be solved and stuff. Yeah, no, that is a, that's a massive point there. Well, obviously, with the introduction of a new technology, there are going to be teething issues, and one of those might be the high cost element of installing all of those to make sure that you get the benefit of um, improving the environmental aspects of the area. Yeah, definitely, which is why we see quite, a, it's usually on quite a large scale. It's not often, well, not as often for smaller scale uh, schemes of this type, like you said, the Bosco Vertical in Milan's a massive project, the one in China's huge. Uh, so maybe finding a way in the future to decrease the setup and maintenance costs will encourage smaller schemes to, to take up and adopt these ideas. Yeah.
And obviously just sourcing the plants themselves might also bring an issue because the Birmingham library alone took up about 9,000 different plants. So trying to put that across a city to the point where it would act- you'd actually see the environmental benefits would be a big ask for wherever the plants are coming from. Definitely. Well, uh, thanks for thanks for chatting with me today, Katie, about it. Um, yes, thank you for everyone who's been listening to this episode today of the planning podcast here on the RTPI Learn site. Um, please share your thoughts on the, today's topic on your social medias and on this website itself. Um, next week, we'll be joining you again to discuss the um, drivers of change to do with co-working spaces. Um, enjoy your day and stay safe. Goodbye. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.